This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the stinking truth. So we uh, head off now into the offseason. We're 31 teams. We'll be trying to get. Mm-hmm. To where the uh, Chiefs are at. Although, is it really 31 teams? How many how many teams out there do you think will be going into this offseason? Starting with free agency here very soon. How many teams go into the offseason with the real commitment to trying to win a Super Bowl? 10 to 12. That's it? Yeah. 10 to 12 NFL teams are trying to win. 10 to 12 NFL teams are committing to win a championship. 20 teams are just like, hey, man, if one comes down the pike, woo-hoo, yeah, whoop-dee-doo. I mean, this is going to be great. We'll take it. You know, if all the stars align perfectly and we get there and we win one, that would be awesome. But I, I truly think there are 10 to 12 teams that are structured properly from ownership to coach to players, organizational structure, um, that are that truly believe in championship like that like I, I always look at 20 teams that are just like hey man we're just really happy you know our franchise growing in value 12 percent a year or 15 percent a year or whatever it is i mean look at the washington commander sold for 6.05 billion dollars they they haven't won since i played there Dude, think about that. Yeah. In 1991 was the last time they won anything. And yet their franchise has grown. When when Daniel Snyder took over the franchise in 1998-ish, he bought them for like $850 million. They just sold for $6.05 billion, yeah. and they ain't won dick. <laughs> I mean, they won. They have one dick. So eloquent. I mean, it's just amazing. It's a wordsmith it, right there. Right. It amazes me. It am- and there's a lot of owners that just that's that's so, what they're in it for. Well, don't leave me and everybody in suspense. You say like ten to twelve. Name them. Hmm. Um, I think that history would tell you New England is in it to win it. I think that. Um, you know, I think their owners is that way. I think the Rams are that way. I think San Francisco's that way. Um, Kansas City. Kansas City is certainly that way. Pittsburgh. Um, I do think I do think Pittsburgh's got the structure in place. Yes. Okay. 
That's um, five. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore. Yeah. I, I, okay. You know, I've talked to Steve Bashotti a time or two, and, and I do believe that he does things the right way out there. Dallas. I think Dallas is committed to – I don't think their organizational structure is – is such that they will win a championship. I think it's misguided. I think, like I think Jerry Jones circumventing the the, you know, the coach's authority. I think, you know, when Trey Lance shows up in your locker room and your head coach didn't know you traded for him, mm -hmm. that's a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's like organ. I think he's committed financially. Yep. And he really wants to win, but he can't get out of his own way. Mm -hmm. So he would be one of those teams. That would be a tricky one. Like if if there's ten that are really legit, he'd be right eleven or twelve because he he'll spend the money to do it and he'll do all that stuff. But the structure, in my mind, isn't right. Buffalo, Cincinnati. I like Buffalo. Yeah, Cincinnati. He's got the quarterback in place, but I don't believe their organizational structure and the way they spend money is is the right way. Mm -hmm. Just historically right. speaking. Um. Yeah. So I you know. Yeah, it's just as it, it's just interesting. It, it really is. Um, it'll be interesting. Like I think Seattle was that way. I don't know. Like there's a new coach in place and everything else, but really they've been they're selling off, like they're selling off bits and pieces of Paul Allen's estate, and the last piece that will be sold is is the Seahawks, and they're trying right now. Are they trying to win a championship? Or are they just trying to? I don't know. Like, yeah. I, like that one's a little bit quirky with me because that they're gonna they're gonna sell that off and they're trying to grow that franchise to its highest value. So I don't know the ownership commitment right now because that's just a that's the crown jewel in that state that is going to be sold. So starting next week, we'll we'll start diving into free agency, which is coming up here in a few weeks. What's your your overall? view of free agency when it comes to team building? I think that most guys that are allowed to hit free agency are as flawed as drugstore diamonds. So you have to be very careful because that first tier of free agents that that you're purchasing... Overpaying for? Yeah, you're, you, are, you are getting... You know, you you are getting good to above average talent that you're paying all pro Hall of Fame prices for. So you've got to be very careful. And you know, sometimes I, I you know I throw myself. I was a free agent once. I throw myself in that category yeah. because I couldn't pass a physical. Yeah. Um. And so you know, from a leadership standpoint, and a guy that was going to play, and a guy that was going to play well. Like, you got all that stuff, but could you count on me? Probably not. I so, mean, I play hurt and stuff, but you knew I was going to have some injuries along the way, so, and you had to manage my career. So so my overall thought on, on free agency has always been this. You tell me if I'm being overly simplistic. Mm -hmm. Is that what concerns me about free agency is the team that knows the player the best is prepared to let him go. And that immediately sends up a red flag for me. I'm 100% with you okay. on that. 100% right. with you. And I think it's a great it's a great way. That's that's why. Now I wasn't a a, a first tier guy. Um you know, but 
there's always something. Sometimes it's attitude. Sometimes the guy's just a problem. Sometimes he's never he's never happy. He's never satisfied. He's never. Sometimes he's injured. Sometimes he's just, you know, lacks, lacks, you know, integrity. Is you know a management problem, like whether it's an attitude issue or you know has had issues running the streets or whatever it is. But there's always something there in free agency that you have to look at. I don't think it was that way when free agency first started, like in 93 or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, everybody coveted everybody else's players. Like, like, ooh. And so, like, but we really like that guy. And what teams found out, I think this is the other thing about free agency that you really have to look into, is does that guy fit what we do? Mm -hmm. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And every player has strengths and weaknesses. And the key is to understand what that guy's strengths and weaknesses are and to help him mitigate the weaknesses and help him lean into the strengths. Like, that's an important aspect of this. And so you may see a guy that does some unbelievable things on film, and you're like, we got to have us that guy. Like, I'll give you a for instance. Um, Jamal Adams, okay, who's with the Jets and was big-time all-pro player. Well, the way they used him, he was essentially a linebacker, right? He's a blitzing Jesse, man, coming off the edge and tearing guys up, and he is phenomenal at that. Phenomenal. Well, you make the big deal for him in Seattle, and he's still great at that, but you know what he's not great at? Coverage. <laughs> he's just not the best coverage guy. And you may not have realized that when you sign him to the big deal, and then you start to realize we want to use him here, and we want to use him here, and we want him to be our next Earl Thomas, who was the one of the greatest erasers at yep. the safety position yep. in history. And then you get him, and you pay a bunch of money for him, and you realize, oh, shoot, he can't do that. So now we only have to use him. We've got to use him in this small space. Now, of course, he's been hurt and all those things, and that that's contributed to the lack of success they had with him. But... You better you better kind of understand what you're getting and what that guy can and can't do, and every system's different. I mean, I've seen guys that I think could have been Hall of Famers in the right system that ended up busts because of where they got drafted. Really? And that how they, big of a – Oh, absolutely. It makes that big of a difference? Absolutely. Huh. If you put a guy and ask him to do a bunch of stuff that he can't do, the like guy always say this, and I've said it on broadcast before, Put a guy in a position to fail. Yeah. Don't be surprised when he fails. You're the dumbass that put him there. Right. So, I mean, there's there's like there's like a coach that sees a matchup and goes, oh, my God, I can't believe this matchup. And they're like, we're going to exploit this matchup. We're going to attack this matchup. You know, it's a receiver against their DB. It's their third DB in it. But, you know, to to get us in the, the, in the situation we want, we've got to leave our right tackle, you know, locked up one-on-one -on -one with Dwight Freeney or whatever, right? right. And and 
you you fool yourself into believing, well, he'll hold up. We just got to have you hold up on this play. Well, I, you know, and you may hit one play, and it's a big play, and you're like, yeah, I told you guys, and you're patting yourself on the back, and yeah. then the next time you don't hit the play, and then it's a third down and four with the game on the line. Dwight Freeney does that spin move inside, hits your quarterback, strip sack, fumble, bounces up, somebody scoops it and goes for a touchdown, and you lose the game. Because you're the dumbass that decided to go, yeah, my right tackle can hold up. My right tackle can hold right, up. Right, right. And that's, I mean, that's part of coaching.